With us today is Congressman Rob Whitman, and uh, he is the Vice Chairman of the Armed Services Committee, uh, Chairman of the Tactical Air and Land Forces Subcommittee, and uh, one smart congressman. Uh, congressman uh, Whitman, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is your first time on our show, uh, and uh, tell us what you would like to accomplish. Absolutely, John. Well, listen, it's an honor and a privilege to be with you. And as you point out, an honor to be there in leadership positions on the House Armed Services Committee. I represent the 1st Congressional District in Virginia, which has a significant military presence and also includes Jamestown, Williamsburg, and Yorktown. So we like to call it America's first district, the cradle of democracy. So very honored to be there. We have quite the challenge in front of us to make sure that we are countering the threats that we see around the world, whether it's what's happening with Russia in Ukraine or what's happening with China or, for that matter, Iran, North Korea. The challenges are many, and we have to make sure that our military is ready for those challenges. And, you know, we have to make sure we're doing the right things in the right way. Also making sure, too, that we are getting the most out of our dollar. John, I talk about the importance of the United States getting more per its dollar in what it does to defend this nation than the Chinese get per their yuan. I mean, we are the innovators and creators, and we have to we have to do more, and we have to be more efficient in the dollars that we use. Well, I, I, we I, I joke that. around. I joke around yeah. that, that for us to build the highway, one mile of highway for us, we could we could spend three million dollars to build the highway, and the Chinese can build it for probably a hundred thousand dollars. I mean, it, 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 there's a, there's such differences between our economy. And our labor force, uh, and, and what, what's happened now is with the uh, what's going on with uh, uh, the Paris Accord and watching out for uh, uh, climate change, and the Chinese are not watching out for any climate change. The Chinese government or the Russian government, they progress at lightning speed in front of us, and and we're and the United States is falling behind. What say you? Well, listen, I, I would agree. And what, what happens, John, is, is that we get so caught up in the Pentagon with process. So I, I spoke at the Reagan National Defense Forum about a month ago, and I held up a blank sheet of paper. And I said, this is what the Chinese use when they start down the road to do something, to, to build a new weapon system or to build a ship. There are no impediments there. It's not, there's nothing there where you say, no, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. When you look at the Pentagon, the flow chart of what you have to do to actually make a purchase or to do acquisition is mind-boggling. An 11 by 17 sheet of paper is filled up. You can hardly read the print on there to see all the, the steps that you have to go through. The, the bureaucratic process is slowing down and making less efficient the things we need to acquire to defend this nation. So we have to set aside much of that bureaucratic impediment. We have to also make sure that we're leveraging private capital. I want to make sure that we are using the investments that people are making in new technologies and applying that to the military. I mean, those those things are incredibly important. The Chinese do that every day. If we're going to prevail in this, we have to do not only what the Chinese do, but we have to do it better. And we have to get more out of our dollar. That is more value for our dollar than the Chinese get for their yuan. That begins with making the system in the Pentagon faster, easier, less bureaucratic, and more about getting these capabilities in the hands of our warfighters quickly and doing it less expensively. The Chinese, uh, you're in the armed services, the Chinese are a light speed ahead of us on hyper-missiles that can attack our Navy, 
and we're left almost at a standstill, and I don't think we have much defense against it. And the United States is now saying that uh, maybe we're not going to have hyper-missiles till uh, 2025 or 26 or 27. What say you? Well, listen, our, our hypersonics program is behind where it needs to be. Now, I am, I am happy that we are working very hard to catch up. We've experienced some successes in the program that they're putting forward. We are not where we need to be. Uh, and, you know, the physics of trying to shoot down a hypersonic weapon are incredibly difficult. The best proposition for us to deter the Chinese from using a hypersonic weapon is to have one of our own. So they understand if they fire one our way at, let's say, an aircraft carrier, they've got five of them coming back at their ships. So I think that's the best deterrent that we can have. We have to make sure, too, that we are achieving significant process at the fastest rate possible. And, yes, I would love to have a hypersonic weapon in our arsenal quickly. I I think that we can do it sooner than 2025. We are pushing the military to do that. We'll be having some hearings on hypersonic weapons. Another thing we need to do, too, John, is we need to increase the uncertainty. You know, you can do land-based hypersonic weapons, that is, launching something from the land. But I want to make sure that the Chinese don't know where a hypersonic weapon is coming from. And how do we do that? We put them in submarines, and we have capability to launch them in submarines. And when the Chinese don't know where our submarines are, they don't know where a hypersonic weapon would come from. That is another strong deterrent. So at the same time, we ought to be working on, and we are, working on on sea-launched or undersea-launched hypersonic weapons. We still have a much better uh, nuclear uh, submarine force than they do. Uh, And uh, I'm not saying we're going to get into a war, so I don't think we have to worry about it in the near future. I don't think the Chinese really want a war. They see the deterioration of what happened to uh, Russia. Well, I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned in what Russia did and really uh, underestimating what uh, Ukraine can do and underestimating, too, what the rest of the world would do. I think they thought this would happen just like Crimea. They'd come in, take over Ukraine. Everybody would stand by the side and not do anything. They grossly underestimated that. And now they're stuck with you know, trying to find a, a, a way out. And Putin has no desire to do that at this point. I think eventually he will. The Chinese look at that and see world opinion and the things that they're facing uh, that are not going to be friendly to them if they decide to come in and take Taiwan. Now, what they want to do is to convince people that the reunification of Taiwan and China is a fait accompli, that, hey, it's going to happen. Don't worry about it. You know, we don't need conflict. It's just going to happen. Uh, and I can tell you that uh, if if that is allowed to happen, then the world as we know it will change because of the economic impact that Taiwan has around the world. They are a major producer of semiconductors. And if and if that economy is in the hands of Xi Jinping, well, that's that why the time. Yes. Well, I'm going to give you a tip. That's why yeah. uh, uh, Senator Schumer and uh, the other powers that be in Washington before you got there or before while you were there is making provisions to put uh, uh, the Chinese are giving us the time to substitute for that because they don't want a war. They just want to take it over. So we're going to be making mm-hmm. those semiconductors in the United States. And when when we open up those factories, then they're going to take over Taiwan, if they haven't told you yet. Uh, well, listen, I, I think I think that they'll look at it from that standpoint and, and say that they will then have another opportunity to 
dominate the world marketplace. And listen, and they will, as once these factories open up here, they will undercut the world price structure as they've done with everything else to try to put these U.S. factories out of business and and try, which I think they'll be unsuccessful at, to dominate us economically. But they are they're insidious in what they do. And I'm a new member of the new China Select Committee, uh, the senior Republican on the committee. And I can tell you, we're going to be looking into all the different things that China's doing against our country, whether it's fentanyl coming across the border, most of, most of which is manufactured in China, what they're doing in buying vast amounts of farmland, land near our military bases, what they're doing with Confucius Institutes at our universities. I mean, at every turn, you look at what they're doing to infiltrate our society in ways that are not in our best interest. And we have, to, we have to realize that. Yeah, we have, well, have to realize that. And listen, one thing, too, is data. I think data is going to be the most important commodity going forward, even as important as currency. And the Chinese are looking to dominate gathering data. And whoever controls the data will control the world. Congressman uh, Rob Whitman, thank you so much for your input. Uh, I, I stay on that Armed Services Committee and, and uh, tell them that we – what keeps peace in the world, and I think you understand it and you know it, is our strength. Nobody wants a war yeah. that they may lose. Well, Ronald Reagan said it best. Peace through strength is the greatest way to a stable globe. Congressman Rob Whitman, thank you so much, and have a great uh, rest of the weekend. Thanks, John. You do the same. Great to be thank with you. you.